welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And we're back from my hernia surgery. Yay, I survived. Barely. And was able to make it down the stairs. We'll see how it goes going up the stairs. We'll see if I get a phone call later. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what happens. But welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening still. And again, I guess, however you want to look at it. Still and or again. Um, we decided that, by we, I mean I, because no one else came up with any ideas or suggestions, that this week's episode will talk about, uh, women in comic books, because this is Women's History Month, apparently. I'd like to throw out that I didn't know we were looking, I didn't know for sure we were doing a podcast Thursday until you said we had a topic. So that's uh-huh. why I didn't come up with a topic. Actually, same here. <laughs> Fair enough. I was like, oh, they'll come to me when they're, whenever he's healed up, so. And I figured if I can go to work, we can do the podcast, so. Well, I had a feeling. Let's see how, how much regrets I have on that later. <laughs> but we're back anyway, and we're talking about women comic books. Uh, I have a list of three different women. I don't know. I've got a have. list of three. Um, I haven't really prepared, so a lot of this is going off my memory. <laughs> uh, and I cannot tell you specific issues of where these events happen. That's fair. Like that. That's mostly what my stuff is, too. So it'll be more casual and laissez-faire about it. And... Um, you know, if I'm not accurate, let me know. <laughs> yeah, this is how we get viewer feedback. Yeah. We need our fact checkers. Yes, judge us, please. <laughs> so, with that being said, with that full-on war- warning, we don't know what we're talking about necessarily. I'll go first. <laughs> sure, you can go first. Then. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, my first one is uh, Rose Wilson Ravager. Uh, she was the, or she was, is the daughter of Deathstroke, the Terminator, who everyone knows is one of the big bads of the DC universe. Uh, well, sort of. He's a mercenary slash assassin. So, fights Nightwing a lot. But uh, she, Deathstroke had injected her with the same serum that gave him his abilities, which is like strength, speed, uh, precognition. So he, she's able to fight fairly well, if not just as well as him to a degree. Uh, once she gets more experience, she would be able to beat him, I think. But uh, she was brainwashed by him to the point where she cut out her own eye just to be like him because he was always judging her and uh, you know, make, trying to get her to be as good as him so she can be his lackey, pretty much. So uh, n- there was a story arc where Nightwing was kind of a... Not bad guy, but he was dealing with guilt because uh, he let somebody kill Blockbuster where he could have saved a life, which is, you know, against Batman's in his code. So he feels like he failed, kind, kind of turns to a life of crime to a degree, and Deathstroke sends Rose to be trained by Nightwing. Well, through this training, uh, they run into Superman, and superman is gonna help people working with nightwing stuff like that and deathstroke put a krypton a fake kryptonite eye in her eye socket under her eye patch to try to kill superman a fake kryptonite no real kryptonite like the fake eye okay you said a fake kryptonite i did say that wrong wait what yeah is is he playing fooling her (laughs) but uh yeah so she tries to attack superman because that's what orders uh you know destro gave her and between nightwing and superman they got her to realize that oh my dad's crazy you know so she eventually joins the teen titans after infinite crisis and is part of that team and that was a fun run they had a really good story arc with all of that uh but yeah she was actually one of my favorite characters through a lot of that story arc because she was so 
I was really intrigued by how she went completely crazy because of the death stroke to the point where she cut her own eye out to realizing he's crazy and joining the Teen Titans, becoming one of the good guys. Yeah, and admittedly, I don't know much about her, but what I do know is mostly from the DC storyline. It was really cool to see like her relationship with her dad. Like, oh, he's somewhat good-ish guy. I mean, he's a mercenary. Yeah. So he's he not was, fully evil. If you know, he's paid to kill somebody, he's going to go kill them. But, but he's her, not going to go out of his way to kill with her them. flirtation with ever with who with was it Red Hood that she flirted with in that series? Yes. So, like, with that whole, like, oh, she moved on from Nightwing to Red Hood. Like, yeah. she's working down the Robin line. <laughs> yeah. She tried to make a move on Tim Drake at one time in the Teen Titans series, too. <laughs> so. Yeah, and sl- I guess light spoiler-ish. I mean, in the future state from the last month, uh, she was partnered up with Tim. with No, Jason. With Jason. With Jason. And they definitely had, like, a flirtatious partnership of... How they handled criminals. Yeah. He tried to capture them alive. She just straight up murdered him because it's easier that way. Yep. So they had that conflict, but they both liked each other, and that one was a fun issue. Yeah. Yeah, I even remember that one, so it was. It must have been good. All right, and <laughs> I will go next because why not? Uh, first one on my list, and this is no particular order. I don't know about you guys' No, I have no order. I have no particular order of who's, the, who's my favorite, who's not. It's just I came up with three of them that are worth mentioning and talking about. Um, not necessarily even my favorites on this list. It's just, these are some that I picked. So first one is Kate Bishop, AKA Hawkeye. She first appeared in the Young Avengers back in 2006, I want to say. Uh, it was in a previous episode. I know I talked about Young Avengers. So back in that, she first appeared where at the time, Hawkeye, Clinton Barton was dead. So like, all right, well, she can be Hawkeye. Then Clinton came back and he's still alive and they're both still Hawkeye. They didn't take anybody's name. Like, all right, we're both Hawkeye. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. And my favorite storyline with her was written by Matt Fraction when he did his Hawkeye run. I believe you can get the whole series in one trade paperback now where it is Clint Barton as a basically a super for a building that he bought. And he has a bunch of tenants and he's taking care of the building, taking care of the people and uh, Kate helps out a lot and it shows how down on his luck Clint can be as a person and her trying to like, Hey, we're, I have money. Let's I can help you out and everything. They introduced the dog lucky in that series, which is a good dog. Not very lucky, but a, I guess not very lucky, but he survived. So that's good enough. <laughs> but that, that series really made me like the both characters of Hawkeye of Clint and Kate and, I think Kate Bishop is a nice modern take on Hawkeye and she's she's kind of like Batman but not as broody is the way I think of it like oh she's just a person that has lots of training and is good and that's what she does as a hero. It sounds like she has money like Batman too. Sort of yeah and I, she does have father issues but not like they're dead. They're still alive. Or at least her dad I think her dad's still alive but I think her mom is dead but still her her parents are one of her parents is around. So she's not an orphan. And yeah, she decides to become a hero because why not? So that was my own. You go next, Laura. I went a different route because I didn't want to think really hard about women in comics as characters. And I knew that I should just talk about Spider-Girl. And I was like, oh, I've talked enough about Spider-Girl that people are probably tired of it. So I went with some artists and writers who are in comics. So Sarah Pacelli is the first one I wanted to talk, to talk about. 
She was actually the first person to draw Miles Morales back in 2011 in the Ultimate Comics run with Brian Michael Bendis. And I thought that was really interesting. I guess I didn't write down as much about these people as you guys did. So sorry, this is kind of a list. I thought it was interesting, too, that in 2011, I think it was for Miles, she won an Eagle Award as a favorite newcomer artist. She's also drone, drone, drawn <laughs> um, NYX, No Way Home, Runaways, X-Men, Pixie Strikes Back. And before she came to Marvel, she was publishing Star Trek with IDW, which I thought was also something I'm interested in. So Sarah Pacelli is a female artist in comic books who we should all look into more because she draws Spider-Man. Ta-da! And going back to <laughs> Runaways, I mean, that has been collected in volumes several times over and written by Brian K. Vaughn, some of our, one of our favorite writers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check it out. Hey, Jared. What's next on your list? All right. Or who is next on your list? Not what. Yeah, don't objectify these women. <laughs> <laughs> so next on my list is The Huntress. Uh, but I'm going with the Helena Bertinelli route, not the Helena Wayne, which was the original, I think. So I'm going to take your word for it either way. But the Bertinelli, she was the daughter of one of uh, Gotha, Gotham's mafia family bosses, who was basically his or her whole family was murdered right before her eyes in a kind of like a gang turf war. But uh, she grows up, becomes a vigilante to try to get revenge on all these families and, um, you know, runs into Batman a few times, runs into Nightwing and all of them and kind of becomes one of the good guys after being a murderous vigilante. Uh, She helps form the Birds of Prey with Batgirl and, or uh, I'm sorry, Black Canary and Oracle. And she actually was Batgirl just for a little bit before Cassandra Cain took over. Uh, (laughs) She was basically, uh, Batman was missing during No Man's Land, which was an earthquake event that hit Gotham. And she, you know, crime was kind of rampant and there was no Batman for a while. And she took up a Batman or a Batgirl costume to put, make people think the bat's out there and batman found her and put a stop to that pretty quickly but uh she's always been a very interesting character very dynamic and a lot of depth to her um with the right writers she's been she's had some of the really greatest stories out there yeah it's definitely you have to have a good creative team yeah for characters because i know like i used to read deadpool a lot and then they changed creative team and like oh i don't like it yeah and i fell off the bandwagon like nope Bad writing team, I'm done. Oh, yeah. Well, she could be a really great main character if you had a good creative team to push her, but a lot of creative teams will treat her as a side character. Like, even in the Birds of Prey title, a lot of issues kind of revolved around Oracle, Batgirl, you know, Barbara Gordon. So it seemed like sometimes she was just a side character in her own book. I mean, some characters are, do better as supporting cast. Right. I mean... And she may be one of them. I, it may just be my... You know, I'd always like to see a little bit more about her. Yeah, I mean, you look at Avengers or Justice League, like, there's a lot of main characters that are all supporting each other, and it, sometimes it works better, depending on the creative team, like you said. Right. Uh, next up on my list is Hope Summers from the X-Men. She was the first mutant born after the famous storyline House of M, which ended with... Wanda saying no more mutants. Who knows? We might see that this week. Uh, this is recorded before the final episode of WandaVision, so we'll see if that pays off or not. But uh, she is 
a weird, I mean, they called her Hope because they're like, oh, there was no more mutants. No, you know, a lot of them were depowered. There weren't any more born. She was the very first one born for a while too, like the first and only for a while. Okay, well, she's the hope of the mutant kind. So they did that, and to save her, um, Cable actually took her to the future to like age her up and train her and everything, and then bring her back to the current modern time. And it was, worked out as a good story device, too. Like, oh, here's a new character, but it's a, a baby. You can only do so much with it. So we'll just, all right, now she's a teenager. Here we go. Um, but her powers are pretty unique and weird, where she can uh, both mimic characters abilities and like amplify them also so say she's around cyclops well now all of a sudden she can have optic blast or make his optic blast even stronger depending on what she's doing and she's currently within the five people on krakoa that are part of the regenerating of different mutants i forget all the other ones are i want to say one's elixir one was one the guy that's named gold balls which has changed his name to Egg since he makes eggs now. They're calling his gold balls or eggs instead of just balls. So His balls are deformed. Something like that. <laughs> um, but she's, she helps those five, or the other four, I guess you should say, um, help recreate and regenerate people, dead mutants and everything. And she's pretty cool character. Like, all right, I can copy and or amplify. And it's only nearby mutants, too, within a certain radius also. So she can't like, oh, anybody around the world, I have your ability. Nope. She has to be someone near you and they can take your abilities and copy it and do whatever with it. That's funny. It makes me think of Rogue. So it's weird to me that she's Jean's daughter, not Rogue's. I mean, she is similar to Rogue where she takes their abilities, but she doesn't actually drain them from you. She's like, oh, I'll just use it also. I'm just borrowing your powers. Yeah. Like you said, amplify. Yeah. So yeah. Hope Summers is my second one. And I think she's a cool character if you like her. Or want to find out more about her, you should look into it. Yeah, come out to the shop. Yeah. You can point, her in the other, point them in the right direction. Exactly. All right, Laura, who's number two on your list? Not that it's in any order, but I wrote Fiona Staples next. Um, she's a Canadian artist. She's done Saga, which we've talked about a whole lot from Image in 2012. Um, she was also known for DV8, Gods and Mu- Monsters, sorry, Gods and Monsters, Thunder Agents, and Archie, which surprised me that she... I think they said they she kind of revitalized Archie. Um, she was inspired by the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis, which I thought was cool because that's one of my favorite book series too. And she had a million awards. I thought it was really funny. Go to her wiki page. You'll see like that I copied everything down from that almost exactly. But <laughs> the table was huge and it was like every year for the last decade, she's gotten an Eiser, Eisner, a Harvey, an Inkwell, a Ringo, and a Hugo for Saga at some point or another. And some of the other things she's gotten, she's gotten a, a couple awards here and there, but almost everything has been Saga every year, every year, every year. So Fiona Staples. Eventually, we'll write and draw more Saga soon, hopefully. I've been waiting for like two years now. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm, I'm, I'm getting antsy. Like, come on, guys. Uh, do more, please. Yeah, I wonder what they... I should have looked up what she's doing right now. Why is she not doing Saga? I don't know. All right, Jared, who is the final person on your list? Okay, the final person on my list was Stephanie Brown, who was spoiler Robin for a little bit, and Batgirl. And she's spoiler again. So she is the daughter of the villain Clue Master. I know a little bit about him, but not a whole lot off the top of my head. He's a great big who gives a crap. Yeah, (laughs) he's like DC's one of their... Not even B villains, they're C villains. I know more about Kite Man than I know about him. 
And I know very little <laughs> about Titan M. Very little. <laughs> but uh, she became she became spoiler and to try to stop her father at one time, and she started setting clues for Batman to find. So Batman could find her father, not her. And uh, Robin, Tim Drake at the time, tracked her down, and the two of them are actually went after Clue Master and took him down. Uh, they began a strong relationship as Robin and Spoiler, and after Tim Drake decided to quit being Robin to try to spend time with his dad and you know get out of the superhero life that was all dangerous and his dad didn't want him to get killed and everything, uh, Batman tried Stephanie out as Robin started training her and they did a few missions and there was a mission where she disobeyed a direct order and he fired her on the spot <laughs> so to try to prove herself to batman she went after the black mask by herself and in that series she got herself killed but later on they retconned it and said oh she didn't die and she's back being spoiler for that time spoiler alert she yes. didn't die spoiler alert <laughs> yeah that name always confuses me <laughs> yeah but uh after a while, she actually, or when Batman quote unquote died, uh, she became Batgirl when Dick Grayson took over. Uh, she teamed with Barbara Gordon, who was still Oracle at that time, and she got a new bat suit, uh, new upgrades to her tech, and that was a pretty solid run as Batgirl. It was a lot of fun. A different take on it. It was someone that was in the superhero world but wasn't very good at it <laughs> so oracle really helped her a lot you know so she wouldn't die for <laughs> again <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah that Been was there, a fun that. run and she's currently spoiler and was actually in um was it red robin future state with tim drake yes and, was, which is so, only two issue series yeah yep she showed up in that and she was actually a very prominent character in that uh, story arc and was she the one that was missing an eye also i think so yeah i know there was okay, there yeah. was a there's, character because there was two girls that were with them yeah i know one lost their eye yeah i'm pretty sure that was her i, I thought so too but i wasn't I read that one that one i don't remember a whole lot about that future state story arc yeah it was good i i liked it and they wrapped it up really well and everything made sense so I, I would recommend that one yeah i have to go back to that one um going back i like how you said that she was fired by batman it takes a lot to get fired by Batman. He had Jason Todd for until he died. Yeah. Like, that seems like more of a fan service. Like, oh, well, they don't like her, so we'll just get rid of her immediately and kill her off. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the story arc was good, but uh, she only lasted as Robin. Like, what? <coughs> I don't know if she lasted six issues. I really don't. It, it was less than a year. Yeah, I know that. Short run. Yeah. I wonder how bad the order was. Like, did she kill somebody? Do you know what she violated? I don't violated? remember for sure. Okay. I just remember that Batman had fired her for disobeying a direct order. Like, fired her on the spot. Yeah. No question. You know, <laughs> you're fired. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. And next up on my list is somewhat of a reference to Laura's list of the number of her number two. Mine is, my number three is Alana from Saga. Yay. Um, she is the mother of... the. She's one of the protagonists, I guess, and, and mother of the protagonists, I guess. Um, her and her husband, Marco, end up having a baby. Like, the first two pa panels, you actually see them giving birth to their child, Hazel. And it, she she was a guard for her planet. Um, what was it? I have it written down here. Uh, from the planet Landfall. And she has wings. And she went up against Marco's race, which was 
or like they practice a bunch of magic and they're called moonies because they live on a moon so it's like the wings versus the moonies and he got captured she was his guard and i believe it said within 12 hours after meeting he helped she helped him break break out and escape and they fell in love and ran ran off and had a baby and everything but i think it's really cool that they changed normally it's like oh the woman's in prison or whatever and the man is the guard like no no she's the guard and he's the prisoner and he taught her about like hey we don't have to be at war just because everyone says that we should be at war and he becomes he's a pacifist and he turns her into a pacifist which of course gets tested along the way of how far are you willing to not do anything for your family but uh she's a cool character and they i mean it's saga guys i don't know what else to say i don't know how many times <laughs> we say you should read it it's just so good it is um brian cave on brian cave on fiona staples and fiona staples um her art in this book is really good it, it is i mean everything's good the story's good the art's good there's a half child ghost the, oh, yeah. the babysitter is <laughs> cool um there's one volume that will make your heart hurt page after page i don't want to give away too many spoilers on it even though it's been out for a while but it's just so good check it out uh alana from saga all right laura who is the final person we're going to talk about this time i think that i will pick emma rios um she is a spanish artist and she has also been doing a lot of amazing spider-man at least around when i googled her issue 700 came up as a big one that she contributed to which makes me think that when I was looking at this before, I didn't even realize it was a woman. Because usually from last names, it's hard to tell gender. Sometimes from first names, it's hard to tell gender. But she's also known for Hexed, Doctor Strange. In around 2010, she was drawing that with Mark Wade, Island, Pretty Deadly, and Mirror. And yeah, mainly it was the fact that she drew for Amazing Spider-Man that made her pop out to me. And she was also a former architect, with, which I thought was an interesting change in careers and i it makes me wonder too if like when she's drawing she really enjoys drawing the backgrounds and the buildings and stuff more than the characters because that's what she used to do emma rios all right and i will throw a quick honorable mention in to mayday parker oh of course i mean just because i gotta give myself brownie points so. <laughs> uh all right so those are our top or some of our favorite women in comic books be it characters or creators so with that, we'll move on to some of our best or favorite comic books that came out this week, Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021, and or the last couple of weeks that we, that we may have missed from the episodes because was, it was my fault. Um, I know my picks are from this week. I can't speak for everyone else. So yeah, we'll go with our picks of the week. Uh, who would like to go first for honorable mention of the week? I'll go first since you guys are both staring <laughs> and trying to figure out what's going on. So my honorable mention for this week is Avengers Mech Strike number two. Um, it is more ridiculousness of Avengers that have giant mech suits where uh, it had possibly my favorite panel in, of this week where Spider-Man is attached to one of these monsters, is getting drugged along, and he's in his mech suit. And he's like, hey guys, I need help. It's, you know, it's trying to take off. And like, you, you know your mech suit can fly, right? He's like, oh, I'm so used to just getting dragged around by flying people. I forgot that this thing can fly. Um, so that was just a fun little thing. And they're fighting these weird monsters. And it's over the top. If you like uh, Godzilla and Pacific Rim, anything that has giant monsters, 
you should check it out. And Spider-Man and all the other Avengers and fighting this these weird beasts and stuff. It's fun. Yeah, and I think Spider-Man stumbled across like the key that's going to unravel the whole thing. So I want to give him kudos. I think Spider-Man's on it more than Tony Stark. He reminds uh, Captain Marvel that like, hey, I'm not just a, a, a sarcastic joke guy. I'm actually pretty smart too. Yeah, she doesn't believe him, but... I also got a kick out of it. I didn't realize at first that he was attached to that flying monster. I thought that he was just, you know, web slinging to nothing because that's what he does. That does, ha- <laughs> that does happen a lot in comics. Because his line wasn't taunt, so I thought that it was near adjacent to the monster. I didn't know it was on him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spider-Man to Avengers, Man- to Avengers Mountain. I've got uh, bad news. I guess they can fly now. Captain Marvel's flying behind. You do to that your suit can fly too, right? Oh. Of course I do. Old habits die hard. I've been letting flying flying bad guys drag me around since I was a teenager. So <laughs> that's a fun little nod of like, uh, it just happens. I can't normally fly, so it is what it is. So yeah, that is Avengers Mech Strike number two. That is my honorable mention. Who would like to go next with their honorable mention? Looks like I, I, I think Laura. it's me. <laughs> Jared I... did the nose, not it. <laughs> I admit I was torn. I think that I'm going to go with Swamp Thing because I wrote the most notes about it. So Swamp Thing number one is going to be my honorable mention. It was about Levi Kami, who I assume is the normal Swamp Thing guy. I've, I've never read Swamp Thing before, so I don't Jared, know you're more about. DC than I am, so no, I, familiar with I, Swamp Thing. I have no clue. <laughs> well, this guy, he is originally from India, and he went back there to... It was partly because his dad... He wanted to reconcile a bit with him, and he got sent there for something to do with his business. I don't exactly remember what or if they even said, but he he goes to India, and when he comes back, he's, like, feeling weird and acting strange and having all these, like, you're not 100% sure you think that it's just a hallucination, but he's kind of turning into the swamp thing, and I don't think he realizes it's happening, and he doesn't he doesn't understand what's going on either. And in, like, another part of the story... There's a sheriff investigating a murder in the desert, and they're referring to some, like, ghost story kind of thing about the Pale Wanderer, and they start making parallels between Swamp Thing and the Pale Wanderer, and it's setting up for them to to intersect somehow, I do believe. So get out there, read Swamp Thing number one, and report back if you think that I interpreted it correctly. I mean, (laughs) I read it, so it does sound familiar. (laughs) That's vaguely what happened. Yeah. Without giving away too much, I hope. Yeah. And it's hard to, because I don't know the history of Swamp Thing, to say, oh, has he always been? Has he not? Looks like Jared's looking him up. I'm not sure. Yeah. (laughs) What does Google say? There's been a handful of characters like Alex Olson, Albert Holler, Alan uh, Hallman. Or are these the writers? Oh, well. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> I believe yes, multiple people have been Swamp Thing. I don't know if this is a brand new person that's being Swamp Thing. Oh no, that's that is the list. Alec Holland, I recognize that name. But yeah, Swamp Thing number one. Yeah, uh, it's fairly friendly if you haven't read Swamp Thing before. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I know I haven't read Swamp Thing before, and I was like, oh, this is a unique story. All right, all right, Jared, your honorable mention now. My honorable mention is Berserker. B-R-Z-R-K-R. It is written by Keanu Reeves. It's the first comic book he's ever written. It's different. It's violent. It is over the top. Yeah, it's over the top, but it 
in a good way. Yeah, it's not over the top in a bad way. The the ending really surprised me. I that really intrigued me to see what's happening more. But he's basically a character who's kind of immortal, and he's part of a military unit that's going in and just just destroying the enemy combat. And he, I'm not, I don't, I'm trying not to give spoilers away. It's pretty much all blood and guts. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. It's very gory, but the story is really yeah. good. It's. It kind of reminds me of the old guard. Yes. Um, meets John Wick. Yes. Hmm. Very good. The old guard meets John Wick. So if you are interested in that, this is the comic for you. Yeah, it is. And it's, like you said, written by Keanu. It, the main character definitely looks like Keanu. Yeah. It's only a 12 issue series. It would not surprise me if at some point they tried to do a movie with it. I've been going around saying, hey, it's like he wrote a screenplay. Like, well, let's do a comic book first, see how well that does, and then make a movie out of it. Because the character, it's Keanu. It's Keanu, yeah. Yeah, that does seem like a good way to go, to test the waters. Yeah. For the art in that, too, I liked the way they, the panels aren't straight. They're, like, all askew. And I think that that says a lot about the mindset of the guy, too, that he's, like, just get in there, shake things up, go at it. Like, I like the art of it. Yeah, and he talks about he doesn't like to get close to people because they all seem to die around him. Well, and there's be, the reasons for that. To be fair, he's not going to get super old. <laughs> so, I mean, it made me think of Wolverine, too, in that yeah. aspect. Uh, that's yeah. another one that people compare it to is Wolverine because he has somewhat of a healing factor. Not as fast as Wolverine by any stretch, but... Uh, fast there's enough. There's things I don't know if it is a healing factor. Yeah. he. Either way, he cannot die. That's the big thing, is he so. cannot die. And the government says, hey, guy that can't die, we have some missions for you. Yep. <laughs> so, but it was really good. So. And it's thick, too. Like, there's a lot yeah, to it. There, so. it's, it took me a it little while to read it. it. I so. mean, it's probably, what, is that a six issue? Or a six dollar issue? it was five. Because when it was yep. so thick, I looked it up. So, yeah, I mean, you're paying for the content, and it's worth it, though. Yeah, this one's worth it. All right, I will go to my pick of the week, which is Noctera. I believe that's the correct pronunciation. Noctera number one, uh, written by Scott Snyder. Uh, friend of the store, Scott Snyder, actually. I can say that now because he was on our live sale this past Wednesday. And the art is by Tony Daniel, who did a lot of Batman back in the day. I when, thought it looked uh, familiar. Dick Grayson so. was Batman. He did a lot of artwork there, and his artwork's always solid. It's yeah. really good. But, uh, yeah, if this was not Alex's pick, this one was going to be mine. It was my pick, the, my pick of the week. <laughs> Everyone else here at the table's pick of the week. It was Mark's at the store's pick of the week. Um, it's just that darn good. Um, it takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where the there's a great darkness of some sort. We don't know necessarily what the cause is. But if you stay out in the darkness for too long, you start to get infected. Once the infection spreads, you get you turn into this nightmarish dark beast sort of thing shades shades i and thought that was the name that, yeah probably <laughs> um but it's some sort of contagious thing that you can catch and the only way to protect yourself is some sort of light yeah. be it artificial or natural but it seems like the sun has actually gone has been extinguished near as well, i can tell it, it said when i caught the first time i read it is not just the sun that went out but all the they're, they can't see any stars either. Right. Well, as I was saying, I don't know if it's something that just enveloped Earth or if the actual right. sun went out or what. Right. It's a spinoff of Null. It's symbiotes well, covering. Could be. We'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, it follows this main character that her job is a 
basically a truck driver. Yeah. Be it for goods, people, whatever. And in doing so, she also has to fight sometimes. And it's interesting to see what's going on with her. And there's some interesting cargo that's going to be going on from this point on that may or may not have some theories about the light and everything. Yes. So it ends in such a good cliffhanger that I will probably be adding this to my pull list because yeah, I, I want to see what happens. Yeah, next. I don't want to say too much of what's going on with it because there is because books like this it is a mystery style book, so you don't want to. I don't want to give away everything because that's part of the joy is trying to figure out yourself what's going on within the series. So that is Noctera number one is my pick of the week. Laura, what is your pick of the week? I think I'm gonna go with. Jonah and the Unpossible Monsters for my pick. It was a number one. It was pretty good. It wasn't as good as like Berserker and Nocturna and Avengers Mech Strike, but those were all taken. So it's almost like honorable third mention or something. <laughs> but anyways, um, the main character, Rainbow, has been searching for her sister, Jonah, and her father for a year when you really get into the story. And it's setting up a little bit how... She's made a place for herself with this current village she's in while she's been trying to find clues and tidbits about where her family is. And, yeah, that's really, really all of it without spoilers. It reminds me, again, a bit of, like, Wind. It has a more of a whimsical art style to it. Yeah. Um, it is by, I want to say, like, Oni Press, I believe, is the publisher of this one. Yeah, we don't have it here, I would say something. Or I um, guess I could Google it. But, yeah, it's it's more of a, I would say it's a teen plus rated book. Possibly, like, PG-13, I should say, not a teen. PG-13 and older. It's a young adult, not necessarily kids, but not necessarily just adults. And, yeah, it's a fun little weird story, and I, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Yep, it is Oni. I thought so. Yay. Good job. I stalled long enough for you to look it up. <laughs> so, yeah, those are our picks of the week. Um, I got one more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jared has you're, a pick of the week. I, I skipped right me. over that one. So, Jared. <laughs> so, um, my pick of the week is Batman 106, coming off of uh, Future State. We're now in Infinite Frontier of the DC Universe. What does that mean? Not a clue. Not a clue. Probably <laughs> not a whole lot, other than it's the new rebirth main yeah theme, i guess <laughs> i don't know but this issue was good yeah uh it's actually a another five dollar issue but there's a lot of content in here and you get two stories one with batman and one with robin well one with damien well Wayne. damien we <laughs> don't necessarily know if he's gonna be it, robin or not it says also featuring robin yeah. on the cover so but he's not really <laughs> robin in the issue yeah <laughs> but it's it's uh leading into a story arc with the villain scarecrow um we are seeing, if you read Future State, you'll know that Batman was battling with uh, uh, the powers that be at the time were peacekeepers. Is that right? And yes. the magistrate. And the magistrate, yeah. So it's this issue is kind of going back to what we would say present day to where their beginnings started. I mean, it's all stemming from uh, they had, you know, City of Bane. They had the Joker War. Gotham's gone through a lot of issues here in the past couple years so that's coming to a head now and people are frustrated and they're going to a different type of police force pretty much so it's if you remember before future state also they kind of introduced a newer character called ghost maker who uh -huh. was kind of a batman villain 
and then turn good guy. Well, they it knew was, each other before he became Batman, like a, too. It was a villain slash... It's like a, a rivalry, rivalry. Like, like with Hush, but not as crazy as Hush. Right. And Batman kind of turns him to his side, and he's actually teaming up with Batman. He's like the new Robin. He's actually Batman's bank, basically. Yeah, right now. Because mm-hmm. Bruce is... Bruce Wayne is, quote, poor. Yes. It is, he, I don't think he's real people poor. He's Bruce Wayne poor. Yeah, he's Bruce Wayne poor. You know, <laughs> um, versus, instead of a billionaire, he's a millionaire. Right. Versus Ghostmaker, I, I forget his real name, um, is still a multi-billionaire and is basically fund, funding the funds behind Batman. Yeah. I think um, this is really going to be the issue that pushes the powers that be in Gotham over to signing with the magistrate and peacekeepers and everything like that. But uh, yeah, it was a good solid first issue back from future state uh, starting off a whole new story arc. And it's, it's a great jumping on point. And the follow-up issue with Robin is Robin returns back to his mother, Talia Al Ghul to try to take the mantle of the leader of the league of assassins. Things aren't going well. Basically, she said, or he was like, well, I'm tired of being Batman on the bat- Bruce, my dad's side of the family. Now I'm going to mom's side of the family and take care of that. Yes. And, and it does not go according to way he planned. No. So I, it was such a good follow-up that it's going to lead into Detective Comics from here on out. And I'm going to have to put that back on my pull list because that little story arc was that good that I want to see what happens next. I wonder if it's going to alternate back and forth between Detective and Batman. It might. I don't know it what would, they're going to do. It would not surprise me if it alternates back and forth between yeah. the two. But I'm going to have to put it back on my pull list because that was such a good good beginning story arc that's going to lead right into Detective. Well, and with Detective coming back from Future State also, it should as well be beginning of another story right. arc. So that should be a good jumping on point as well. Yep. All right. So this time for reals. We're done with our yes. honorable mentions and picks of the week. So now we'll go to the part that we always forget about, but you, the listener, never does. That is our Heroes of the Week. Um, or Heroes of the Last Couple Weeks, since we've been gone for a couple weeks. So who would like to go first with their hero of this episode? I actually didn't forget. Okay, so, so you can So maybe first, I then. will go first. I actually, when I was making my list of our women in comics earlier, when I came across one, I was like, you know what? I'm going to save her and she can be my hero. So I picked Gail Simone. I was wondering why she wasn't on your actual (laughs) list. (laughs) Yeah, I think that she is extra famous. Like, I didn't know her name for the longest time, but um, I can remember Mark and Josh talking about her back when you guys did the YouTube videos. And so I'm pretty sure she used to do like, oh, I always say this name wrong, though. Red Sonja? Or is it Sonja? It's Sonja. Sonja? Okay. Um, Red Sonja and... I want to say she did Vampirella also, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, maybe that's it. What I always remember um, Mark saying about her, but I think he liked the Red Sonya best. And she also did some Birds of Prey, so I thought of her earlier when you mentioned Huntress. That's where I was, uh, that's where I first started reading some of her stuff, and she wrote every character just brilliantly. She was really good. And another on the list, Clean Room, Deadpool, which surprised me. Wonder Woman, and she also did some Simpsons through Bongo's. Um, okay, there's a comic book line. Yeah. And the the thing that I thought made her a hero was she founded this website called Women in Refrigerators, 
And I was like, what the crap is that? Turns out it's a reference to the death of Alexandra DeWitt in Green Lantern number 54. Oh, yeah. I thought that might ring something with you. Yeah. And this whole website is dedicated to the use of female characters as a traumatic incident or their death is just a plot device for other male characters. And it's like, maybe women should have a little more, like... Uh, importance yeah importance in the story than just oh this person died so it changed the man to do something and so she's really been fighting for women to matter more in comics to be the plot and, not the plot device yeah yeah and for it to for those women to maybe not necessarily come back but she mentioned that a lot of men when they die they just come back later it wasn't a long-term effect whereas a lot of the women when they die they stay dead and it made me think of Gwen Stacy, too. Like, she's one of the few characters. Well, she used to be someone right. who stayed dead, but Uncle now... Ben. He's still dead. Yeah. Well, that yeah. version of Gwen Stacy is still dead. It, this one's yeah. an alternate reality version. Or clone. Mm -hmm. or, or clone. Or yeah. yeah, I thought that was a cool cool thing that she did, is still doing, I think, a little bit. Um, so, Gail Simone and women in refrigerators. All right. <laughs> Jared, do you have one or do you go next? You can go next. All right. Mine's going to be sucking up. Mine's going to be Laura for taking care of me while I was down with my my surgery injury <laughs> and everything. So thank you for taking care of everything and helping take care of me while I was broken. Sorry, you got Florence Nightingale syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also married you too, so. I've been working on this for a while. <laughs> a I'm long, in the long it's game. It's a long game. <laughs> So yeah, mine's a bit of a cop out of saying you since you took care of me and everything during this time of uncertainty, <laughs> <laughs> these unprecedented times. I think that's the other uh, COVID slogan. Yeah, you're welcome. You weren't that bad of a patient. I expected worse. So yay, I was better than worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jared, you need to finish us off. Who's your hero of the week? I'm going to be horrible and just say Keanu Reeves. Because he wrote an awesome comic, you know, for his first shot at writing comics, he he knocked it out of the park. Um, he's really portrayed on social media as a really good guy, and everyone loves Keanu. And he was Neo, so <laughs> and John Wick, Jan, and he's John um, Wick. Which I always forget was he Bill or Ted? Uh, he was Ted. Yeah, I believe. Never forget him from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or Bogus Journey. Or face the music. <laughs> you have nothing on that. <laughs> yeah. He was in speed. <laughs> oh, that? yeah. I like that one, too. Yeah, there was a while he was in everything. And Devil's Advocate. Oh, that's a good one. He, he's done a lot. Yeah. I feel, was he Constantine, too? Yes, yes. he was okay. Constantine. Yes, he was. So. Yeah. That, we'll stop there yeah. listing his references. Yeah, he's, he's done a lot. So next week, we'll talk just about Keanu, I think. Next week. <laughs> anyway. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for being awesome. Because well, comics are awesome, too, just like you. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next time. We should be back next week, barring any other emergencies. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yay. All right. Woo, we survived. We're back.